You are listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZWLP Conroe and 106.1 KZCCLP Conroe and worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. But Dick and Skippy, uh, hail to the Chiefs, baby. What's up? 908 on the dot on Friday, March 22nd. And we have a real live presidential candidate going to be joining our studio. Very today. excited about it. Yeah, it's going to be cool. Uh, James, and James, you're going to have to pronounce no, your name for no, us. No, I'm, I'm, I'm sold. It's Pepe. 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 James Pepe. But it's probably uh, completely wrong. GOP candidate for president will be joining us in the studio. Really looking forward to that, truly. Obviously a grassroots campaign, but it's obviously nice, <clears throat> it's nice to know I'm not the only one That's not, yeah. who's thrown his hat. So on. we were having a discussion before we went on because I was trying to fix everything. Mm-hmm. So you yourself have a Facebook page. <clears throat> yes. Skippy for president. Oh, okay, I want to look at this up make sure it's real. Yes, and I also have Skippy for Prez with a Z dot com website. But, but the Facebook page is, uh, it started off as a joke. A friend of mine put it together uh, and got got the domain. Oh, Skippy for Prez? Uh-huh. I don't see it. Just do it as Skippy, then the letter F-O-R, not, not the number. Oh, wait, no, 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 no. Sorry, I think it is the digit four. Skippy, digit four, P-R-E-Z. Is this you? No, God, no, that's not me. I want I want to show show folks Holy what I'm looking at cow, here. Cow, who's that? Second. There must be some pull this up for There must you. be a Skippy poser out yeah. there, man. <laughs> what the I heck found is... I found you, Skippy. I found you. <laughs> oh, so that's scary. No, it is not me. Is that you, Skippy, right there? No, it's not. Is that you? It could be if I was doing Hunter S. Thompson. Okay. Is for cosplay. That's so funny. But welcome to Morning to Lone Star, IRLoneStar.com slash MWLS. We are a community radio show on Lone Star Community Radio on weekday mornings. And we usually have a lot of fun. So if you're new to it, make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube and Facebook because we broadcast live on our video uh, video format there. And then also we podcast every show on iTunes and Google Play. And we do current events. I got a whole stack of stuff to talk about when, we, uh, when Sean refuses to back down from his political rants. So uh, don't so stay tuned for some stuff coming up. I know we got a cool Montgomery County Fair coming our way. Yeah, and uh, and things like that. And then, uh, yeah, that's about it right now. Let's do some weather and traffic for the Montgomery County area. Fifty six degrees outside, eighty degrees is going to be the high, and fifty five is going to be the low. Just to give you a heads up for tomorrow's forecast, uh, it's looking like rain at around ten a.m. Thirty percent. Uh, I can see that totally moving away because every time it says it's going to rain this weekend, it was either Sunday, Friday, Saturday, you know, one of the others. So I expect it to rain in the next five days. Is that that's, fair? That's a safe bet. That's a safe bet. I got to find your <laughs> Well, okay. So apparently my website's down. I'll have to, the, the server's down, but go to my Facebook page, Skippy for President, and just, you know, spell it out. Oh, wait. This guy's real. This guy keeps popping up. Yeah, but Deuce, I have no idea who that is. 
No, I'm gonna play this video for folks. I got it. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, we got to get past the uh, the, <laughs> the video here. So, <clears throat> most of it's happening this weekend. Uh, Godspell. Yeah. Uh, final weekend. All right, here we go. This is. Anyway, I'm here with an important announcement. It's about the presidential campaign. I'm sure you're aware that somebody else is running for president, a surprise candidate. Here we go. This is Skippy for president right here. You need more clues? Is this not you? It is That's not. right. Skippy is running for president. Okay? Hey, he stole right. my, my thing. official. When did this I video go up? Candidate. <clears throat> when did this video go up? I am running independent. Uh, That's right. Let's it's see. Myself and I. And my buddy 2016. Really yeah, me too. Wow, there's two uh -oh. of us. Uh oh. That's great. All right, Skippy, you got some competition for yeah, your name. I do, too. I do. That's probably who took your URL. That that could. I'm telling you, maybe he hijacked it. But just uh, on Facebook, type out Skippy space F O R space president. There I am. Oh wow, this is real, folks. Mm -hmm. So. What what now? What's the turkey for? Well, just the, the 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 cover thing again. It started off as a joke, and one of my platform issues was to make this the turkey the national bird. Was <laughs> was that was the, me. The turkey, the national bird, like Ben Franklin wanted. Uh, but then more people started talking, and, and since I'm in the unique position that uh, I have both conservative and liberal views, and I have friends who are conservative and liberal, I made it like a, like a safe space for us to talk. Yeah. Where I said, you you must maintain civil discourse. If you're going to call someone a name, it has to be poopy head. Oh, yeah. You, you're obsessed with that kind of yeah, stuff. That well, language. You just love that well, bad language. Well, think about language. it. Because <clears throat> conversations devolve when people start saying, you're a jackass, you're a whatever. Yeah. So if you force them to say, if you're going to use a name, you have to say poopy head, <clears throat> it lessens their argument. No one wants to say it. So they have to stop and think about their words. <clears throat> it's like that uh, stand-up comedy to, um, you know, where they just throw out... Uh, Profanity, and if they say it's comedy, that's easy to do. Hard comedy is to think about it and, and change your uh, change your language. I guess whatever makes people laugh. I think that's what counts as comedy, right? This is true. <laughs> so I don't see a big deal. Don't see a big deal with it. No, it if you use language or not. I mean, there's that. Was it Mitch Hedberg? Hedberg just does one-liners. Mm -hmm. That's like his whole thing. So I mean, it could be just one sentence. If that could that's be. His, that's his whole stick. Is it, um, oh, what's the guy's name? Stephen Wright, the, the very droll comedian who would just be, be observational, a lot of one-liners, but he'd just talk like this. Uh, you know, I love my dental hygienist, so yeah. I, before every meeting I eat Oreos and Cheetos. Overall, I just like to be whelmed, you know, that kind of stuff. So, yeah, you got different kinds of comedy. But, again, I, I like stuff that's not lazy. You know, lazy comedy I don't like. Uh, it can be simple comedy, but if it's someone who just, you know, wants to say, screw the president and drop a mic, it's not comedy anymore. It's everyone's doing it. Come up with something new to engage me. That's you, though. Yeah. You're you're getting older. You're gonna, <laughs> Get you're, off my lawn, you dude. You're going to watch reruns on Naked Nights pretty soon if you're not, gonna, already, if you're not already doing gonna it. I'm going to watch reruns on Those Naked were the Nights. days when I could have an innocent laugh. Hey, I'm introducing a whole new generation to Happy Days because my cast, who wasn't even alive, most of my cast who wasn't even alive when the TV show was running, uh, they're catching episodes now. And I'm, they're like, wow, this is kind of cheesy. I'm like, well, this is what sitcoms in the 70s were. Cheesy. Cheesy. Yeah. You know, the audience would just go bonkers and cheer for 30 seconds. And now we need to see people hanging from a building 
threatening other people's lives, right? What sitcoms are you watching? Like you know, that 911 show. I love 911. Yeah, people are always dangling from buildings. It's like, man. Hey, they had a guy job on the Los right Angeles here. freeway get attacked by a shark. That was a good one. On the freeway? Yeah. Uh, the, uh, this this uh, conservator, conservative, uh, uh, not conservative, uh, conservatory. Which, conservation, thank you. I okay. was losing the word conservation. Where are, we, where are you going with this? Was transporting this this tiger shark to the ocean. And there's a freeway accident, and the truck rolls over, and the shark breaks free, and someone's trying to save the shark, one of the conservationists, and the shark latches onto the guy's arm. And so they, they have to use, pardon the... Like, jaws of life? The jaws of life. Is the fish dead? No, it, but they need to get it in the water quick. Sharks can breathe so out of water So you're saying they chose to save the shark's life, but not the person's No, both. Life? It's They had to get the shark, the arm out of the shark's mouth. You know, it's still attached. This is shark's yeah, no, but I mean, like, so if, you had a cho- like, if you had get a choice. Get the jaws. I'm like, yeah, it is. No, get if, the jaws. If they life. had the choice, they had to choose, like Sophie's choice. So what do you what do you think they would do? Where was this well, taking place? Where's that show taking place? Los in California? Angeles, yeah. Oh, so they'd probably choose the shark. Yeah, maybe. Uh, <laughs> That's right, because we just judged the entire state <laughs> of California. Right. But they use the jaws of life to probably open the, the shark's mouth, get the guy's arm out. Wouldn't that be horrible if it malfunctioned and just... Whoosh, <laughs> ripped the- <laughs> it's like, oh man, that only happens like every three three times, man. Yeah, I like nine one one. It's a good show. Uh, it doesn't take itself too seriously, but it actually is. It's, it's got like a subplot where one of the main characters she's left her husband because he's an abuser, he's a batterer, and he's tracking her down. And so episode is that is that really a, a line? You could say you're a batterer. Yeah. Yes. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And so at you the end, you put that on your business card. A professional batterer. I'm a batterer. <laughs> yeah, just make sure your headshot includes you wearing a, you know, wife beater t-shirt yeah. and Look, man, that's, holding that's on to what a goes Pabst, with it. Holding on to a Paps blue ribbon. Well, that's what goes with it. Man. But yeah, no, great, great show. Um, but you know, the, this woman who, because she has an abusive husband, is trying to escape. They actually, at the end of the episode, she addresses the camera with the, hey, if, you know, if you're watching the show and you you find yourself in the you, you have a batterer. Yeah, if, if you're. Uh, on the receiving end of the stuff, here's here's some number you can call, and that's a throwback. That was uh, for TV shows in the seventies. Yeah. That was a big Holly, thing. Holly's watching the show called Thirteen Reasons Why on Netflix. Isn't that is that the suicide suicide one? one. They yeah. always have those disclaimers and stuff. And the more I watch that show, the more I don't want to like. You can't talk negative about that kind of stuff because I think the show sucks. But you know, if you talk negative about a, oh yes, yeah, so you want kids to so kill yeah, themselves. like I'm like oh no, that's not it. But I'm just saying it's kind of. You don't think this is messed up at all? Like, outside of the, you know, committing suicide part? Like, maybe she just had issues. Well, here's... A, see, I, I, I've heard about the show, but I have no concept of the... You know, is it like every season someone kills himself and it gives the reasons why? No. Oh, I don't know. No, no. It was just... It's a singular person who leaves uh, 13 audio tapes, about 13 people who were part of the reason why. Wow. So... See, I... I can see you liking it because you, no, I mean, you not like really. that stuff. No, I mean. no, I, I wouldn't because, you know, suicide, and we've talked about this before when we were talking about that that uh, entertainment gig that was coming up with Jody, that, you know, suicide is one of the most selfish acts in, in the universe uh, that it affects those left behind, obviously. And so to have a show where going, I'm going to tell you why you helped kill myself yeah. is... I don't know. 
It's is it, does it glamorize it? Does it glorify? I don't know. I, I would need to show. watch it to find out, but I'm not inspired to watch it to begin with. Yeah, it was with. a little weird. And I, that's, all, last, I, that's how I went into it. I was like, it's kind of strange that she would take the time to record these audio tapes. Because she records them perfectly, by the way, because this one person's listening to them. And I'm like, you know, if anyone's actually recording themselves and it's going to be their last message, they're going to mess up and re-record and edit it. Oh yeah, <laughs> they're, not, they're not. They're not just freeforming it. Let's do it. But uh, but yeah, you know, one thing I wanted to bring up because I know we're gonna have uh, Pepe or, Pe- or a presidential candidate. Exactly. Yeah. I just saw him. I just yes. saw him. He looks good. Yeah. Uh, he's he's got that gravitas look about him. Hey, so I was reading this deal. There, there's a there's gonna be a debate between that Yang guy running for president. Is uh-huh. it Yang? Andrew Yang. Andrew Yang. Mm-hmm. He's gonna debate Ben Shapiro. Who is a political commentator? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's a fair. conservative about, political commentator. They were talking about doing a debate about circumcision. Mm-hmm. I don't I know. Heard about that. I, is there is there really like a debate? They're making it one. Because I always figured it was for religious reasons. No, in fact, there was a. Uh, it's funny that the TV show I was talking about, Adam ruins everything. They actually had an episode about that, where it came from, and why. Um, well, because there's a religion that does it. Well, yeah, many religions do it, but what other religions besides the Jewish religion? Uh, in, in Africa, really? Uh, yeah, oh yeah, it's big in Africa. Okay, it's, <clears throat> but it's one of those things where, why did you get it done? Why did your parents do it to you? Because their parents did it to them, and it, it kind of goes back, you know, generation after generation. And here's the thing: get cut or not. You know, yeah. if a parent, I know that this can guy do tried it today. To... How I wonder what the percentage of men go and do it today when they're adults. I, I figure growing up, if you make it to adulthood, however you are, you just figured that's how you're gonna be. I think the want, stigma want more of, of like, the... like what happens if you convert to Judaism? Oh, now that's a good question. So, I would guess you it would have to happen. So can if there's a doctor out there. <laughs> I want to. I want to know. We is, took a turn on this one. <laughs> I want to know. I wonder how. Would, I, bet, I bet at least one a year. At least one a year. Oh, I would. Yeah, it exists. There's got to be adult circumcisions going on. But but when they said they were going to debate, I was like, I really would think they would debate something else. Like, why is this the like? Why is this in the forefront of the debate? Because it'll grab the headlines. Really? Yeah. Are we trying to? What, what's the world trying to do now? Are they trying to tell people not to do it or to do it? There, the the. The they encourage you not to. They encourage parents to say, "Give the child a choice down the okay, line." Okay, so the child gets a choice, it. and with the hope that well, you get into my choice, my body. adulthood. You're just like, I'm not going to get the mentality. Cut. My choice, my body, or my body, my choice. Yeah, kind of. It's it's an offshoot of that, but it's just like you can't undo it. So you know, if the reasoning your parents you, did it and their parents did you it, figure is no longer on a religious standpoint. You wait till they're adult. It's like them crossing the line or going under the threshold. Welcome them into the clan. They, like make a part part of a bar mitzvah or a well, it's like or they, they make the choice. It's like what do the Amish people do? Uh, they don't watch TV. No, like they, I, I don't. They have a thing where you when you hit like fifteen. Oh or yeah, yeah. When you go out, you go you go bonkers, and then you come back. Like uh-huh. you, cho- you choose to come back. Yeah, I think it's one of the wisest things man. ever. So why would they? Do it's, that? it's the name. Oh, not Ramadan, but it's a name like that. I, I, so, I, I so what we should be encouraging is when you're 19 or whenever, and they, that's when you go to the doctor, and it's like, oh, you're you're going to come to my party? What party are you having? Oh, I'm losing to, I'm losing a part of me. <laughs> I do remember a couple of years ago there was a isn't that kind of strange guy that 
sued his don't parents you, for circumcising Don't you feel that's, a kind of, that's kind of strange that, like, on, on in the normal part of life is, like, five times a year you're going to a party where they're snipping a piece of skin off somebody? <laughs> I, feel, I mean, it, but out of context, I'm like, you just say that. Like, where are you going today? Oh, yeah, I'm going to watch this little child get snipped. I'm like, okay, well, yeah, different. Well, but people are doing it for years. They've been doing it for a while, yeah. a, while, while, a long time. But I'm just saying, if you out of context, you just tell people that, like, oh, that's cool Saturday. Right. <laughs> or whenever uh, the day they I do. I myself have been ambivalent about the whole thing. I mean, uh, like I said, this guy sued his parents for taking the choice from him. Are tried, you serious? Yeah. And, and tried to make a deal out of it. And you can't, that's going overboard. You yeah. Know, you can't hold it because that's, when I say it's how it was done, I think I think there might be some underlying issues there. Besides, there exactly. That. Maybe it's the same guy who got kicked out of his parents' basement. Yeah, thirty-two. Remember that? <laughs> yeah. Remember he that? He sued Whatever him. happened with that guy? <laughs> he was like know. thirty-two years old, oh, and man. they they he wouldn't leave. Oh. I Wait. remember that. Wait, see again, this is where I wish that we had the moments where, like, can you imagine the lawyer in like or the law office and this thirty-two-year-old kid or guy walks up? It's like I want to sue my parents, and you know. Three-fourths of the law office is like, oh, yes, good. This is going to be great. And then they go, for kicking me out of the basement. And then poor John over in the corner is like, John, this is yours. <laughs> yeah, like, they give it to the first-year associate. Do you have any money? No. Well, that's where – because, you know, most law firms, most attorneys are – when I say compelled to take it, it's you can't really pick and choose your clients. You, you know, you can get disbarred if someone comes to you saying, I need a representation. Yeah. And, are you serious? Yeah, in, in certain in certain cases, or because yeah. you have to mount a, a rigorous defense, no matter if what your personal thoughts are. But not for civil stuff, because that was a silver court thing, right? Yeah, yeah, for for civil. But I'm catching on. But guys. you know that that I'm lawyer is just looking at this 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 third, you know, this adult going, you know, you're the reason why there are lawyer jokes out there. Because you blame nice. the lawyers, but they're not the ones actively seeking the clients for the most part. I just, I'm still trying to figure out why that's, that's a debate. We're going to have to, like, uh, focus it, down this conversation. Because Ben Shapiro is, is Jewish, correct? Yeah. So, like, what debate? Where's the debate? I don't know. I'm I, trying to, I'm trying to, okay, listeners, if you know, let me know where the debate. Am I missing something? Well, I think, I think. Are we uh, trying to, are they trying to make it Andrew, into law that it's, a, it's against the law to? That could be, be Andrew Yang's position. I need to look into that. Okay. You feel, I mean, I feel like we're always going towards my body, my choice. Yeah, well, this is some, you know, for it to become a, a debate on this level, this is, again, tantamount to having the media make us believe that flat earthers are a force to be reckoned with. Okay, yeah, I agree. Okay, cool. Well, let's uh, let's get ready for our guests. We're going to take our break here on Mornings with Lone Star. Thanks for tuning in. We're on Facebook Live, IRLoneStar.com slash MWLS and all that kind of jazz. So uh, we'll be back. Ew. Business office cleaning is available in the Montgomery County area from Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. With scheduled cleaning surfaces such as floor care, window care, trash collection, restroom disinfection, and stair and elevator cleaning, Clean Sweep can service a business one time or on a regular schedule with daily, weekly, and monthly options. Clean Sweep Office Cleaning can be found online at cleansweepofficecleaning.com or by calling 832-689-7996. Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. Take back your time and let us make your office shine. Mornings with Lone Star is sponsored by Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. 
Don't forget to download the Lone Star Community Radio app from your Google Play or Apple Store. Bring Montgomery County's community radio with you anywhere with your smartphone or tablet. If you are in the Conroe area, tune in on FM. That's Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1. If you are on the computer, bookmark IRLoneStar.com as your internet radio station. A Lone Star Community Radio, broadcasting 24-7 from the heart of downtown Conroe, Texas. We have the safest food supply in the world. Strict laws and regulations restrict the usage of hormones, antibiotics, and pesticides within our food supply. Production agriculture practices and technologies such as the use of GMOs, which is not any more or less risky than conventional crop production, has allowed American farmers to produce more food on less acres in environmentally sound ways. Find out more online at pathtoplate.tamu.edu. We are Texas A&M AgriLife Extension, helping Texans make lives better. Are you one of those who feel that life is too short to drink bad coffee? Then come to Beanpong Coffee. Beanpong Coffee is open with two locations. Whether you're in downtown Conroe or historic Montgomery, we have the best fresh brewed and specialty coffee, delicious pastries, and courteous staff. Come visit us at 330 North Main Street in Conroe or 401 College Street, Suite 170 in Montgomery. Visit beanpongcoffee.com to see our complete list of special events. Hey guys, this is Connor. This is Dick. This is Chris. And we're with the Ticket Stub Podcast every Thursday live at noon on 104.5 and 106.1 FM in the Conroe area. Also, anytime at IRLoneStar.com. You go to IRLoneStar.com backslash TTS. You can find all of our social media. And don't forget, we give away two tickets to the Grand Theater on every show. If you like movies and you like complaining or celebrating anything that has to do with the silver screen, Check out the Ticket Stub podcast and join us every Thursday at noon o'clock on Lone Star Community Radio. Welcome back. Morning's Lone Star with Dick and Skippy. I'm the aforementioned Skippy sitting across from me from Dick. 9.29 on the dot on a Friday morning here. Morning's Lone Star with Dick and Skippy. Partnered with... Bean Punk Coffee with locations in downtown Conroe and historic Montgomery. Clean sweet pot. Ah, I know. The oh. first sip. The way to start the day. Yeah, they, they just give me reason to get out of bed every morning. So God bless you, Leo and Jason, yeah. for, for your, your crushed coffee beans over hot water. Uh, also have uh, Clean Sweep Ops cleaning. Yeah. Making sure we smell pretty in here every morning. And of course, C3, Creative Content Creations. Go to C3Memories.com to see how you cannot have to box your memories. Well, there you go. Yeah. Welcome back. We are broadcasting live on IRLinster.com slash MWLS on our YouTube, Facebook, and, of course, Conrad's FM 104.5, 106.1. If you have a question or a comment, make sure to get one of those live feeds because I am actively watching the boards. So right now, Dennis, listener, says Roman Catholics also snip them. Yep. So thanks for letting us know that. We were asking the, the, you know, the age-old question about uh, circumcision. You mm-hmm. know? Is it worth a debate? Now we have another guest is a presidential and runner. We won't be asking of their stance on. Well, that. why are they? Do- well, we can ask him that. We can ask, but he can refuse to. I feel like when you run for president, you're kind of opening the door for you can ask this guy anything like boxers or briefs. Like, come on, you're getting personal with that kind of stuff. Depends. So. See what I did there? Yeah, I, I like it. That's See? your that's yeah, your answer. That's so answer. introduce our guest, please. Okay, so we have GOP presidential candidate James Pepe. Did I get, please God tell me I right when my grandparents came from Italy a hundred years ago? It was Pepe. Okay, with one P. 
Now it's Peppy. My friends call me Pep, okay. so you can use that. Awesome. I'm but when you're the ninth of 12 kids, uh-huh. Skippy, just don't call me late for dinner. <laughs> Come on, you're, you're, you have 12 brothers and sisters? I, 11. 12 calling or 11, me. 11, yeah. I can't. Yeah. You know, I'm not really good just at math. Oh, yeah. But yeah, no, okay. I, I'm not the one running for president. Food. <laughs> Thank you. And we have... <laughs> We have James's fiance Amanda here with us too. She's going to be providing color commentary and hopefully the salacious dirt that all presidential candidates seem to gather behind them. That's true. So now you know, bearing in mind, is, is there a business or a company or a person who does basically securing the closet with all the skeletons? Yeah, yeah there are be, folks who do that for sure. Yeah. So you, did you get contact? Did you watch scandal? Them? Yeah. I wonder. I wonder what their like quote is. Well, it depends how many skeletons in your closet, and you can have a straight because you know I've does done some political murder? campaigns. Well, no, here's the thing, you know, on the local level, it I've does. He's shaking his head. He knows what's up. <laughs> well, yeah, that can that's that usually ends up on uh, Scandal, that that TV series and yeah. stuff. But usually, you can either have a spinner. A spinner know, is a person who like writes stuff, and then like when you go, well, in front they, of, they they spin spin the. They call the Jack at the Enquirer, like Jack. Guess what? Let's spin this. Well, no, spin is uh, you know you've had presidential candidates on both sides who've had yeah. DUIs. Okay. And so it's how it's spun or handled. If you have someone who says, oh, no, I didn't, it wasn't me, then it's a poor spin. If you have someone say, yeah, I was really stupid in college and paid my debt to society, that's more of a, that's a better spin. So who spun Beto's drunk driving thing? Beto did. He did? <laughs> yeah. He's still spinning it. Yeah, because he said, I didn't leave the scene. Well, here's the police report and two eyewitness accounts that you did. Vote! Yeah, nothing wrong with that. So let's talk about our guests. I want to let people know on our Facebook feed, we have all the links to uh, Pepe. Pepe. I'm going to say Pepe. And I I have one question that I've been wanting to ask you. I don't know if you know anything about, like, online chat room thingies, but Pepe the Frog is, like, a really (laughs) funny meme that's been going on for, like, 10 years. Okay. You know about this? Are you aware of this? I am aware. Of okay, it. good. I just wanted to make sure. I would think that by this time in his life, anything. I don't know. Some people you never know because a lot of the a lot of that stuff doesn't resonate with people. It's like, what's a meme? What's Pepe the Frog? What yeah. does that mean? Be- before the internet, there were still mean kids. So you had the skunk, you had the frog. Believe me, I'm sure he's heard them all. Okay. It's well, like- no, I was just curious because it, it really got into the in 2016 election. It came into like the news syndication where it was like this is a like a racist cartoon and the yeah, guy who created it was like no well, it's, it's not in england yeah. we called french people frogs was the name it wasn't it's like but it's like americans calling brits limeys it's not derogatory it's just you know you called australians palms it's mm. just it was the nickname now, i don't think that's where this was from this i think what it was was the cartoonist had pepe the frog mm-hmm. and then someone took pepe and they made jokes like memes with it and then oh, a certain the group of people started making who were racist started making racist memes with Pepe the Frog, they, and they then Hillary Clinton's Pepe campaign was like, "They're all they're all wrong. They're all bad." And the whole internet was like, "No, we had ten years of making fun of Pepe the Frog." So and the frog says, "Can't we all just get along?" Well, it was that moment in the in her race when the younger generation's like, "She don't get it. She don't she don't understand memes." No, and neither do I. But. And you know, I'll tell you in politics where name ID is everything. Mm-hmm. Any press is good press, so just keep saying. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. Yeah, that's what I was like, man. It's kind of I don't know if he's if he's like doing it on purpose, but that's really funny. So, well, it's a good name for politics uh, because we you know we have things like pep rallies and pep talks and things. Yeah. Like that. So, yeah, so it's a lot of fun for that, and it's easy to remember. And and I don't think Donald Trump can never accuse me of not being energetic enough because you know how can I? That's not? true. Mm-hmm. He'll love when he does that. 
right? High, low energy, right? <laughs> not, what mean? not gonna happen. <laughs> So I, I'm really I, I'm interested in this. So uh, I'm going to take over, Sean. Oh, are you? Yeah. So uh, <laughs> he can. Your full name is control. James Pepe. Right. Okay. Pepe. You Pepe Pepe, and you live here in Montgomery County. Right. And you're running for president, GOP, like GOP candidate of these, United, I, of these United States. Of these correct. United States. Okay. So you look the part. Thank so I, I think it's kind of an interesting jump, I would say. Like, yeah. are you involved in any other pol- politic positions, or is it literally going straight for the presidency? I used to be a long time ago. I came out of college and, and began what I thought would be a career in politics. Um, and really learned that on the inside. It's kind of what everybody thinks it is. So it really disillusioned me. I didn't like it, really, um, and got out of it. Um, but I've always been politically minded. So I've had a career and a couple of different areas and done modestly well for myself. Um, but it's really the, my passion for public service and politics has always been there. So with what's been happening lately in our country and especially the election of Donald Trump, that really kind of got me fired up again. So I, I really, I thought for a long time, even before Trump was elected, that the country was moving kind of in this direction where we'd be looking for more unconventional type leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the, the, failures all around us from the sort of the established uh, folks in politics and elsewhere are pretty obvious. And that's kind of what led to Donald Trump in a number of different ways. So I, I felt that coming for a while. And I do think the country needs somebody who can better relate to regular folks. Um, so I refer to us as regular Americans. And I think I kind of reflect that. Most of the people I talk to on any side of the sort of the political spectrum, I tend to relate to pretty well. And they tend to relate to me back. And and I think that's what the country is looking for. So, so yes and no, kind of jumped in um, unexpectedly even to me, I think, at this stage of my life. But at the same time, that, that passion has kind of been there for a long time. Well, I mean, I think it's kind of like a civil duty kind of thing. You get involved. Mm-hmm. So why the presidency, though? Because do you think, well, truthfully, do you think you have a shot? Yeah, I do. I do. Okay. I, I, and, and here's the thing, right? If I were to go, some people have said, why don't you run for Congress first or run for the Senate or do this or do that? Well, I don't have any interest in climbing political ladders. I don't have an interest in really being a part of the establishment. I think what the country needs right now is somebody truly from the outside to shake things up and change them in a more dramatic way. So it's a unique, let's just say it's a calling. I don't know if that's the right word, but yeah, it's a unique it sort of well, moment I, for me. I, I didn't think even that think of it as, like, because I just now realized in the whole spectrum of how our government works, yeah. The presidency is only four years and you're out, or right. you run again, yeah. eight years total. Yeah. But then most people who run for Congress or anything, they're pretty much there right. for longer, right? Right. Well, if they a get long out, time. Well, unless they screw up. Yeah. yeah. Basically, once you're in Congress, uh, once you're an incumbent, you're in. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah. I always feel like those people never leave. Most well, of them don't. But the one big, way or another. The blue wave that happened, I mean, that did shake up a lot where you got the new generation who are hearing the sound bites and like, yeah, we want this. And so that's where you get the AOCs of the world popping in. But when you're talking about a lot, you're talking about 40 or 50 members of Congress out of 450. Yeah. Right? So so a lot is still, most of them stay forever. Yeah. And some way or form or another involved. So so going straight for this and leaving, getting yeah. out. Yeah. The country needs this kind of leadership, I think. And I do think there's a real chance to make it happen. Honestly, the hardest part about this, apart from not having any money, <laughs> that's hard. But but the hardest part is getting people to really believe that that we can do this in our country. And I think the key is the advent of the internet and social media. Yeah. And I think we saw that with Trump before. Well, yeah, I think in 2016 we were talking. I remember we were talking about uh, you could run the whole campaign from the basement. Like you don't even have to go out. Yeah. You just create a, you get a video camera, have a clean looking office, 
when you do your or a green screen. Yeah, our green, green screen, screen when you do the you know addresses and things like that. Yeah. And then you go for it. So we've been we've been learning about that and doing some of that as we kind of set the foundation over the last few months. But but really our plan is to be grassroots on the ground in key primary states because you can you can campaign as if it was a, a local race, really. Um, and and there are people in some of these early key states who are very open to uh, unconventional candidates oh, like yeah. me, right? Oh, yeah. So so the idea is if you just get a few percentage points of support in the polls. Pretty soon, the mainstream media can't ignore you anymore, which is what they want to do, mm-hmm. because you're not one of their guys. And once you get that initial level, are you level debate of about circumcision? You get in? Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, no. That's the first thing on the that's list. What for that sure. guy, that's for what sure. that's what that guy did. You're, it makes sense why he's doing it. Gets, gets, him the in, gets him in the headlines. Who, who, who is this guy? I think Yang. Andrew Yang. Oh, right. Now I yeah. did hear about this. Yeah, I did. So, yeah. but yeah. I, well, I think what's interesting too about the uh, the projection of going towards the presidencies. Yeah. If you've been involved in politics for you know twenty years, in the past, whenever I observe them going through, it's always like the good old club, yeah. and then they kind of vet their own, right? And then when Donald Trump won, it seemed like, hey, this is a guy who's not been in the good old club. Right. He just he somehow got elected, yeah. yeah. And and I guess that kind of made them upset because you know some of those folks who are especially like right now who are running like you, yeah. but over there they're like I've been been setting my goal for this for 40 years right. i'm going to be president right. it's my time yeah and now they now it becomes like a crapshoot yeah so so two two points to that the establishment that trump sort of kicked to the curb in that last election and that was good that's one of the probably the greatest things about the trump election is that it the establishment needed to be shaken up and they hated it yeah right and individual people in the media hate it because he doesn't conform to what they want on the other hand i've said all along Trump's relationship to the media, and, and even now it's adjusted to, with the establishment, is sort of like professional wrestling. It's all choreographed. They don't, they don't, they don't tell each other exactly what they're going to do, but they, they feed off of each other. The media, yeah. the, I could like say this, the media, mainstream media was on life support before Trump came along. They, news media was dying. Well, the previous country. administration froze out the media. Well, that's, that's part of it, right? But my, my point oh, is what that do you mean? I don't understand that. Obama did not hold press conferences. Well, what's wrong with this? Is that a problem? Yeah, he did not grant media access. All like uh, photographs were provided by the administration to the media. Media was not allowed to take their own photographs of the president. Especially when his premise to begin with was he was sitting there saying about having complete transparency to the American people and being open yeah. and upfront about everything. And then all of a sudden he does a 180 and then... Like you said, shuts everybody. So, out. how would you get information during that time from the press secretary? So I go, hey, press hey, Susie, give me this answer, and uh-huh. then like two weeks later, here's your email. The yeah, answer. usually be done uh, forms of press releases. Okay. Now there would be the daily White House briefing by the press secretary or okay. deputy press secretary, but very little access to the president. So, are you saying? Are you now? Are you saying, James, that the news couldn't use that function? To prop up number. Prop no, I'm up. just I'm just saying that, I, that that the trend in our country was away from from uh, especially television news or any news yeah. in general because of the internet and the fractured way people were getting information yeah. these days and so forth. And it was a dying industry. The network news was dying. Trump comes along and ratings skyrocket. I t- put it this way: Trump came along and gave the the mainstream media mouth to mouth resuscitation. And five minutes later, they're giving each other the tongue. Yeah, they love each other. They, they, they Metaphorically, the, right? Or not? Well, or this not. is a symbiotic yes, and, relationship as you can they, get. They, they, literally. Listen. They, but did they, they really come back, though? Because I feel like their numbers... 
oh, were they, better 10 years ago still. Well, still. I, I don't know for a fact. And that may be true, but they're better than they were before Trump. Because are they making an impact? Yeah, they are. On our culture. One reason why is because uh, in the previous administration, uh, you know, you said you had the, the fractured. When we talk mainstream, we're talking like the major outlets, okay. the, the yeah. network news, yeah. the CNNs, MSNBCs, and Fox News of the world. Uh, the numbers are going down, <clears throat> but split up between the two sides. People are choosing their battle lines between if I want to listen to Huffington Post or yeah, MSNBC talking... or Fox to where more people are engaged with the news, but the number total numbers are split. It's not like everybody's watching. My, my, my numbers aren't going up because everyone's watching my station. Numbers are going up, but it's being split 60-40. Okay. 40% are going so to pe MSNBC. More people are paying attention, but not just to one. It's Right. Okay. And so there are so, more outlets because think about it. Someone says, well, I get my news from MSNBC. We're not, or Fox we're not news splitting news. the same pie. We're making a bigger pie. And we want a piece of the pie. Yeah. <laughs> I hated that okay. so hard. But but be, beyond that, it's it's and think about they're actually uh, like Venn diagrams and, and charts on where a media outlet will will land on the conservative liberal scale. Okay, you know HuffPost is far left, Fox News is far right, BuzzFeed's here, uh, Daily Callers there. What's C-SPAN? C-SPAN is it's got to be as neutral as can be because they're agree. They got cameras on the chambers. They just turn the cameras on. There's no, does anyone work at C-SPAN? Yeah. Like a pub, I mean, like a face. You got like Bob, the what, night shift janitor. What who was just, the guy who does the, he like answers the phone? Like that show back in the day where the, anyone could call in on C-SPAN. I'm pretty sure it was on C-SPAN. Okay. And there's always a joke. Like I think that was Bob the janitor. It's like at 3 a.m. If, yeah. uh, if it hits the fan at 3 a.m. Well, no, do they, do they was... have any type of like show? They do. Like, oh yeah, but they also include like author book signings and stuff. Okay. It, it, it's, it's basically your Wayne's World channel, you I, know, your little municipal channel, but on a federal level. That's cool. Okay. In my opinion. Well, going back to this, my, my point is simply this. For all the talk about the media hating Trump and Trump hating the media, don't buy it. That's not the case. Sure, they're going to be attacking him. They're doing all, yeah. But the bottom line is ratings, and the bottom line is their money, and it's all part of the establishment game that, that really messes this whole thing up. So the, the cards are shuffling, but the result is the same. And uh, and that's so, – so that, that – creates a little bit of a barrier and make a, a difficulty for for getting sort of recognized in this race as an outsider, a true outsider. Yeah. But but our strategy is about tipping points, and, and we have a, a way of trying to get uh, around and over and through that. And and I think we'll have a we'll have a good shot. So one thing I have a question for you, James, uh, who's running for president, folks. So check out the information on the Facebook live feed. Uh, you can visit his website, peppe2020.com, peppe2020. Dot com. <laughs> My question is for when you're running for president, a lot of times is you run on, like say, a policy yeah. or a standpoint yeah. and or just a representation of, you know, this is this is my this is, these are my moral compasses this is what I'm going to follow. So whatever comes my way, you know where I'm going to try to go through depending mm -hmm. on the circumstance. So mm -hmm. tell me about your your campaign. Are you Good. running on policies Good. or? Well, first and foremost, my campaign's about leadership and about character. I, I think that character matters a lot in the president of the United States, and I think that the incumbent is the opposite of what we generally want and need as a president. So that's, are you saying that's like manners? Or are you saying uh, integrity? Okay. Uh, honesty, honor, all those kinds of of character qualities that we expect in a good leader. So I think it matters. I think it mattered uh, with. Washington, Lincoln, Reagan, and now we've got Trump. So, so I think character is the first and foremost reason for, for me running. 
but on pol policy matters too. No, there's, I mean, there's no getting around that, right? So, but the president has less of a role to play than we're led to believe in our country oh, on policy, sure. right? But we all believe that the president says, I'm going to build a wall, that he's going to build a wall. Well, we see now that it doesn't exactly work that way. But on policy, I've always been a concern. Well, are they building a wall? No, they're not. Because there's not one person working no. on a wall right now? No. Well, there's maintenance going on, but that's, that's it. Yeah, to the existing structures. Yeah. But that, that's the whole kerfluffle on, yeah. on the shutdown and threat of shutdown. Yeah. Is to, he baked it into the, the full budget, saying I need my It's all bill. a scam. It's all a scam. But here's my point. The, 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 uh, the, whether it's the wall or anything else, the president can only do so much on policy, but he can be an advocate. I've always been a conservative in my life because I believe that uh, when in doubt, err on the side of freedom for people. Let pe give people a little more freedom to be, have less interference from government in yeah, their my lives. My body, my choice. Yeah, right? Yeah. Kind of, I mean, that was the traditional uh, definition of conservative that I always yeah. knew. Those labels are changing now, so I'm not sure what I am anymore, but I still believe in that. I still believe that, that when in doubt, give the people more freedom to, to figure things out for themselves and locally and whatnot. But there is a, a clear role for government. So my, my attitude about policy is about common sense. Most Americans, I think, agree on almost everything. I'll give you an example. Immigration, right? If you just listen to the news media and the establishment talk about it, it's all or nothing. It's either we build the wall, keep everybody out, throw all the people who don't have papers out, get rid of them, and, and stop it all so we can protect ourselves behind this big wall, or not have any kind of border security and let everybody come in no matter yeah, what. Yeah, we, we talked about this this week. I was like, you know, it's all about presentation. Mm -hmm. Yes. And if you, if you chose not to use that term, build the wall, you just do something better, more of like, you know, border, border security. security. The, great, the gated community. <laughs> Border security. It's simple. Every, every American thinks we should have border security. And we've had border security. And just like the rest of our infrastructure, it just needs to be upgraded. Yeah. It just needs to be upgraded. But Trump turned it into a political grudge yeah. match with Nancy Pelosi. And guess what? Because they're political animals on the left, the Democrats, on cue, they start, the, they, they fight. And now we've got this ongoing thing, yeah. which is just like it's always been when you think about it. We, if, if Trump had not made that deal out of it, we could have upgraded the border. We could have put new walls in place, new fencing in place, drones, all kinds of stuff. We could have done that. And we could upgrade that with the rest of our infrastructure. But no, they turn it into politics. Yeah. Americans want border security, but they want to know that people can come into our country yeah. and follow the rules in simple fashion. It's and easy. It forced the Pelosi's and Schumer's and Clinton's of the world to the no wall, no wall stance. Right. You, you saw, I'm sure you've seen the videos going out where all of them, Pelosi, Chuck Schumer, Hillary Clinton, Barack Obama, well, are it's all almost, saying it's almost like that's part of the game. Bad. Whatever part of the game yeah, is the game. It's like, hey, you you, so you it, wear a red shirt, I wear a blue shirt. Exactly. I don't want to play with you. Exactly. Loki is black on his left side of his face. What movie? What show is that? Star Trek. Oh, that's right. It all yeah. comes back to Star Trek. That's you know true. what's ironic about that too is that. Trump is supposed to be this outsider who's above politics. He's definitely sort of, outside of it. Right? But he plays he plays the partisan card harder than any president yeah. in our lifetime, or if, if not ever. About, all of his votes are all party line votes, nearly except for the ones recently that that tried to block his executive orders. Yeah. So it, it's this, but we need to come together over common sense. Because Republicans and Democrats can agree on a lot if we just have leadership that moves us past some of this, this ridiculous game playing. You just gotta sell the lie better. <laughs> well, sell the lie. <laughs> yeah, there's your campaign slogan. I sell the lie better. 
Uh, one thing the last two campaigns, I think, have, have taught us, uh, because, you know, people listening in, you know, unlike my, you know, I ran in 16 as, as uh, more of a joke than anything, but I did garner like three dozen write-in votes, so nice. I'll take it. Uh, Skippy for prize. I got but uh, it, was, it started off as a joke. So take me out of the equation. That was a joke that just I, I wanted a safe place for people because I, I have liberal friends, I have conservative friends, right. and I just got tired <clears> of right. saying, listen, I've seen friends unfriend each other over the most stupid thing. Yeah. So I formed the Facebook page to say this is a safe place where I'll espouse my views, I'll answer any question you have, and that's that. Unlike me, this is a serious run for, for the presidency. And people say, well, how, how can you be even think you have a chance. My sense is these last two presidents have shown that literally, in the most literal sense of the phrase, anyone can become president. Yep. You have, uh, you know, the race issue taken taken out with Obama. Um, the experience issue, same thing, because he was a freshman senator Correct. coming in. And then for decades we've had, if only a businessman run this country, so we, we have, that someone with literally zero qualifications right. in the political arena. I was one of the people when Trump first threw his hat in the ring, I would thought he was a Democrat in Republican clothing. Well, he's been a Democrat most of his life. Right. So I'm like, Democrat. okay, this is, you know, I thought actually like Clinton threw his, hey, go run as a, as a Republican. Uh, so I think it caught everybody off guard with that. But it did show that you can literally have the experience, the the political acumen, everything, it, it no longer truly matters. Yeah. Now, that could open up the floodgates. I don't think it would. To People also thought, well, with the advent of, of small studio movies. Like, oh, right now everyone can go right. and throw in a movie. But right. I good think, analogy. Uh, but I think Americans are, can be discriminating enough to, to separate the wheat from the chaff, to say the serious contenders from, you know, you can have a bad low-budget movie or a good low-budget movie, and they're not going to pay to watch that one. So yeah. you can have a candidate who has not gone through the dog catcher, Congress, mm -hmm. Senate, or, mm -hmm. or something. So why, uh, you know, you're running on the GOP ticket. Right. Now, is, is that is the RNC going to be helping you? No. Or are they answering your calls? No. Because the, the RNC is right now trying to make rules to pre prevent Trump from having any kind of challenge. Um, and, and it's odd, right? Because on the one hand, they go around saying how, how so strong he is and impervious to challenge, and yet they are acting like they're afraid of a challenge. So it's really weird. By the way, I'll also add this. It's the same people who made fun of the Democrats last time for rigging the election, the primary for Hillary Clinton over at Bernie Sanders, and now they're trying to do it for Trump. So so there's a lot of things at play I, here, but no, they're not going to well, be helpful That's to one me. thing that always bothered me about the clubs of like a Democratic Party or a or GOP yeah. was there's a certain attitude that that's business as usual. In my mind, they only care about donations because that's how they keep their machine running. Yeah. So it makes sense to me to restrict people to run against Donald Trump sure. because that will hurt donations because yep. they realize he can make us a lot of money in donations. Well, also the subtle difference is Trump is the incumbent with another term in front That's of them. True. With the last time, there was no incumbent. Whoever was was going to be a newbie to the white, to the Oval Office, whether it be Sanders, Clinton, Trump, yeah. Santorum. Yeah, you, well, would we have 17? Aren't, uh, Correct. GOP had 17 candidates at That's one right. point. So whoever was going to be new. So I think with the main party line is we, we got to protect the incumbent. Yeah, well, the well, incumbent is by definition the presumptive nominee. Well, James, why run? Why run under a GOP ticket? Well, I'm a believer in the two-party system, and I'll, I'll, I'll give you the simplest reason why I am. I, I think the country should be governed as by the executive, the president, 
was somebody who can get a majority of the support of the country. I, I an old friend of mine, you may have heard of him, Jesse Ventura. Yeah, yeah. the body. <laughs> became governor of my, my home state of Minnesota with 38% of the vote. And it didn't work out very well. I, I don't I don't like the country or the country or in that case the state being fractured that way. I think the two party system has worked, and there's other reasons too. But I think it's worked. The, listen, the parties are only a reflection of the people who run them, and so it's a vehicle, right? The Dem and they're always changing. I like to bring the Republican Party into the modern era, and 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 sort of help it reclaim its soul at this point and bring some common sense to the whole thing. Look, the, the party was very different prior to Trump. Trump has remade it in his image. Um, and, and it can be remade again. And I, I do think that it's a valuable tool. You've got to always be on guard for the people who are only in it for power and money because that's the nature of those kinds of organizations. But there's a bigger cause, and that's, you know, the country. That's making America work uh, the way most of us want it to work. And most of us have been sort of overlooked in that whole process. So it's just a vehicle. I want to reform it and renew it and, and modernize it. And I think that um, a lot of other people feel the same way. Well, we're going to take a quick break, James. we got questions okay. from our listeners, and I want to pass those on to you during the break, and we'll answer as much as possible. Again, we're on Facebook Live on Mornings of Lone Star and Lone Star Community Radio. So if you have a question for James, feel free to write it in. And you can always, always email us at mwls at irlonestar.com. Uh, yeah, so right there, there's all those other ways. So we'll be right back. You're listening to Mornings of Lone Star on irlonestar.com and Condors FM 104.5, 106.1. We will be right back, folks. Business office cleaning is available in the Montgomery County area from Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. With scheduled cleaning surfaces such as floor care, window care, trash collection, restroom disinfection, and stair and elevator cleaning, Clean Sweep can service a business one time or on a regular schedule with daily, weekly, and monthly options. Clean Sweep Office Cleaning can be found online at cleansweepofficecleaning.com or by calling 832-689-7996. Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. Take back your time and let us make your office shine. Mornings with Lone Star is sponsored by Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. What can the Better Living for Texans program do for you? You can learn how to increase your consumption of fruits and vegetables, choose foods that are relatively inexpensive and good to eat, make your food dollars last longer, prepare quick, nutritious meals, help your children learn how to eat healthier snacks, and much more. Our program is committed to helping people like you improve your health through providing research-based nutrition education in a friendly, cost-free, and relaxed environment. We are Texas A&M AgriLife Extension, helping Texans make their lives better. Are you one of those who feel that life is too short to drink bad coffee? Then come to Beanpoint Coffee. Beanpoint Coffee is open with two locations. Whether you're in downtown Conroe or historic Montgomery, we have the best fresh-brewed and specialty coffee, delicious pastries, and courteous staff. Come visit us at 330 North Main Street in Conroe or 401 College Street, Suite 170 in Montgomery. Visit beanpunkcoffee.com to see our complete list of special events. A Lone Star Community Radio is Montgomery County's radio station with talk, music, weather, and traffic for Montgomery County. Have a question or comment about one of our shows? Want to know how to reach a host? Just contact the station at irlonestar.com or call in and leave a message at 936-647-3776. Get involved with your community with Lone Star Community Radio. Two 
All right, welcome back. Mornings with Lone Star, IRLoneStar.com. Broadcasting live from the LSCR studios, we have Pepe for president, or Pe- I'm, I, I'm sorry, <laughs> Pepe. Like, like I'm happy and Pepe Pepe, bursting with love. Pepe for Pepe. president in the studio, and we're going to ask some questions that people have submitted through Facebook. Now, before we get to the questions, uh, whoa! Uh, before we get to those, I want to address Amanda here. Okay. Beyonce Amanda. So... If you what? have questions for Amanda, write in. Yeah. So, oh, no. <laughs> r- real quick, because the lady's been sitting here. So, what's uh, older, the engagement or the presidential run? The presidential run. So for that sure. was already. <laughs> so that was already in effect when he proposed. Yes. So you said yes because you could possibly be a future first lady. I'm That's from the Texas. Only reason. Oh, okay. Yeah. Awesome. So, what does it feel like? I, I mean, how is is that? Because this is obviously a, a serious run. Uh, to to know that you're engaged to someone who has this aspiration. He made it known from the get-go kind of what his what his goal was um, and what his path was for that. Um, so it was basically it's not for the weak of heart. So if you don't think you can stick by it, don't attempt to get into it. And it's it's been an interesting adventure up to this point. Um, so I, I knew what I was getting into from day one. So, I mean, it has its ups and downs, mm-hmm. but it's always one of those things where, especially if we get in the frustrating spot and everything, it's like, just remember, it's worth it in the end. It's worth it in the end. Everything's going to be great. <laughs> you know, that whole kind of thing. Um, but it's, yeah, no, he actually, whenever we first started dating and stuff, he he had told me from the time that he was a kid that that's all he ever wanted to be was president. And I kind of played it off at first. It's like, yeah, everybody had that. I, I wanted to be a movie star when I was, or like Barbie or a Rocket or something whenever I was a kid. Um, so it wasn't, it wasn't that I didn't take it seriously, but I understood that. Mm-hmm. And, and then once we really got into the whole campaign part of it, like, okay, we're really doing this. So it's it's just taking, you have to be really good at multitasking. <laughs> I bet. Like running that and then like our our family life and everything. We we have more kids than the Brady Bunch combined between the two of us. So oh, wow. it's, it's like juggling, you know, a three-ring circus on top of this. Yeah. So if I can do that, I think I can do anything at this yeah. point. <laughs> oh, awesome. So well, frequently the, uh, the campaigners spouse is like the the silent partner and i don't think gets the spotlight nearly enough so i just want to turn the spotlight on you briefly yeah no because of me from being from east texas like he frequently likes to point out like the way that i was raised by my family and my parents is it's very hard for me to bite my tongue on stuff i am not the silent partner well it could be worse it could be from minnesota (laughs) you know don't you know it could be worse so you forgave him for that part it could be i i did but he's been down here long enough to where he's He's officially, he's 100% Texan. He's been Texanized. Uh, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, he's had me, to that, hang out with my family for years, so yeah, he's broken. It's terrible. It's terrible. <laughs> let me just add, Amanda gets all the flack. I mean, as, and I'm sure it's the case with all uh, spouses or partners of, uh, of uh, candidates. You know, all the frustrations, whatever, she gets to, she gets to hear them all. She gets it all taken out on her, and she does, she does a good job of kind of processing that and, and being supportive so i'm lucky to have her awesome well that's great to hear so it's always good to have a team 
So well done. Okay, Dick, now we can ask your darn questions. All right. Now my darn questions are <laughs> listeners' darn <laughs> questions. Darn listeners' you see this, darn see questions. See listeners? Sean listeners. doesn't care. I don't care. He doesn't care. If there was a bus, you Dude, I'm getting it. his autograph because so. one day. All right, so one of the questions, I know we, we talked about the Republican Party, but one of our listeners wanted to know what amount of support is there from the local Republican yeah. Party? Yeah, thanks. That's a great question. I, I met with uh, local party leadership um, just in the last couple of weeks, um, and we talked about that. I, I was assured that the party is going to stay neutral in the presidential race until the, um, until the primary takes place, um, which is the way it should be. Um, uh, so, so there's no real sort of formal or official support there, but, but they were, uh, Dr. Wilkerson, who is just a legend around here, is just very gracious to me and, and encouraging and giving me some insight in his thoughts. But um, clearly the local parties here and elsewhere are, are, are pro-Trump, as they would typically be with an incumbent. But all I'm looking for is just fairness and, like I said, neutrality, and they've promised that. So I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for it. I want to follow that up just, just a bit with the question because uh, when we had the you know, primaries in general uh, coming up uh, here recently, uh, you know, we had some Democratic candidates uh, in the studio who, you know, like Jay Silverberg, people that I, I really respected. Yeah. And it surprised me to hear Jay say, you know, we asked him, so how's the DNC treating you? And he's like, they're not. They're not answering my calls or anything. And it, I, too, believe in a two-party system. Uh, I lived in England for several years, and I saw a multi-party system, right. and it's just it's a zoo. Right. But... It bothered me because I think a two-party system means the ultimate campaign for me is two equally funded and supported candidates yeah. with opposing views who can get together and talk policy, character, and and not to have be written off by your own party. Right. So that that affected me. So on, on one end, it's nice for the local RNC to say, "Well, we're going to remain mm-hmm. neutral," mm-hmm. but. Do you feel like you have to go knocking on extra doors or? Oh yeah, the, when you're challenging an incumbent, you know the the burden is on you. I mean, this isn't easy, and and parties across Republican parties, uh, local organizations across the country, are talking now and are probably and I think quietly putting new rules into place to protect uh, President Trump from a challenge like me. This is from the same party that complained about Hillary Clinton getting you know, having the the Democrat nomination rigged for her against Bernie Sanders. Um, they're doing the same kinds of things, and, and that happens. So I accept that as just kind of part of the part of the cost of doing business, so to speak, here. So we just have to overcome that. But, but you know, political parties are their machines, and they work the way they work. So we just have to deal with the reality of it. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, Man, sorry. I was <laughs> working on some stuff. People are writing in. So you were talking about to... multitasking. <laughs> well... <laughs> Dick does so much. I got, I, you okay. know, I'm making fun of him, but seriously, he does everything. Better. So uh, another question. It's uh, okay. So I'm, I'm trying to. Sorry, Jay, if I word this wrong. He wants to know how do you get your exposure to in the media yeah. and in the, in the news because he feels there's a big problem with being a centrist because majority of the time they don't let you talk on the news media. Because they don't, you're not saying things they want you to say. It doesn't grab a headline. A soundbite is the keyword. So he wants to know how can you, how do you plan on getting sound bites, and how do you get, how do you plan on getting more exposure? Yeah, social media is is right. one way around the uh, around the, the sort of the mainstream media to get out there, and we're doing some of that, and we're, that's growing. Yeah, our strategy is all about tipping points, and so we're looking for every opportunity to get more more people on board with who believe in what we're talking about, which is a regular American president, which would be a first in our country. So it's little things. It's, it's, it's interviews like this, frankly, and 
We're going to be on the ground in New Hampshire campaigning in diners and cafes and some other, some other spots in, in the next few weeks. Uh, you, as you know, it's one of the early and important primary states. So we'll be looking for unique ways to get local media and then eventually to sort of hit a tipping point that brings us into national attention and so forth and so on. The catch-22 of running for president as an outsider like me is another way of saying it, I guess it's chicken or the egg, right? Is you need, you need credibility to get publicity, but you need publicity to get credibility. And, and on both sides of that is money too, right? Mm-hmm. So a little bit of, a, a little bit of um, work like this and an out in the hustings, you know, we'll, we'll get a few more followers. We'll get a few more people given, you know, five or 10 bucks to our, to our campaign. Don't forget to do that, by the way. Thank you. Um, <laughs> and, and, and then that will bring more attention. And it just kind of, it just kind of elevates itself. And, and then tipping points occur where, where it, you know, it, it grows, multiplies. It's, it's really arduous and it's, it's really uh, tedious. Um, but it's the kind of thing that people expect is to, again, especially if you consider yourself a regular American candidate like me, just working hard to get votes one by one until it adds up into something that, that triggers the next, sort of the next level. It's, uh, it's boring, and that's kind of what your, what your caller is getting at, I think, a little bit, but it's really, really important. And I think for all of us who have been sick of what the Republicans and Democrats have been offering us the last, the last few years, this is what we have to do. Awesome. Good answer. What's going on? There we go. That button works now. Uh, <laughs> all right. So another question. This is leading uh, off of running for president, but actually being president. What is your approach to international diplomacy? Mm-hmm. How would you deal with areas like the Middle East, trade, NATO, and Russia? Well, that's, you know, those are three small things. Um, <laughs> you know, first of all, you have to you have to establish reputation with our with our friends, right? As being somebody that's reliable and trustworthy. I think we have a little bit of a problem with that now, and that might be an understatement. So that's the first thing, make sure our friends are secure. Secondly is make sure our adversaries understand how serious we are and what the consequences will be. I think, I think we have to be careful about, um, about making idle threats, threats that we won't follow through on. I think things like our trade war with China is not productive for any of us. History shows that. So you got to be willing to find other ways. It's a combination of diplomacy and, you know, let's just call it um, what, what uh, Teddy Roosevelt might say is um, big, stick, big stick diplomacy, right? Where at the, bottom, at the end of the day, we'll be tough. So it's just finding that right balance. And um, I don't know if we have enough time to go into, into greater detail, but there's so many issues in the Middle East with Syria and with uh, what's going on uh, with Saudi Arabia and some of these things. Uh, I'll make an example now that I mentioned Saudi Arabia uh, a while back, well, there's this ongoing controversy about the prince having participated in the killing of this American uh, journalist over there. Look, uh, I think that we need to be tougher with Saudi Arabia. I think that we need to say, look, you guys got to clean up your house here and get your stuff in order. We're, you, we're not just going to look the other way when you're going around killing American citizens, right? Which is what the stance of the current administration is. President Trump has come right out and said, our relationship with Saudi Arabia is more important than this little killing thing over here. Well, yeah, yeah, but how good is our relationship if we're going to look the other way to that kind of behavior? So we got to be a little tougher, it, but we got to find that, that balance. Proven? Was it proven that Saudi Arabia as a country did it? Like the government it is, did it? It is. Or is it like speculated, basically? No, they're, they're, with the taped conversations they had, there were, there were two independently taped conversations. So it's been proven. Yeah, that the 100%. Saudi royal family was to some extent involved. Well, put okay. it this way. 
I'm uh, just curious. Put it this way. Senators on both sides of the aisle who have heard all the evidence, seen the evidence, and a lot of it's classified, mm -hmm. have said there is no doubt about now, it. Now, why would that be classified? Well, the sources and methods. Yeah. It, 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 it just is. Not everyone has what? the right to know everything. Sources and methods. How did they get that tape? How did that, how did that all happen? And that mm -hmm. kind of thing. I think that's the only reason I'd ever want to be involved in the government so I can do stuff like that. I'm like, I know you don't. <laughs> hey, now, that's an interesting point because that's one of the fun parts when you think about getting into the White House is, is JFK and UFOs and aliens. Yeah, fly me out to Groom Lake, Nevada right now. <laughs> I want to see Area 51. Yeah, so y'all come out to Washington when we get inaugurated and we'll, look at, we'll, we'll dive into the files. <laughs> I don't think they'd let us. Uh, Castro killed JFK. I have a, I have a shady you know, past. You know, Clinton talked about this before he got elected, and and then um, and then hinted afterwards that he tried to find out some of this stuff, and he couldn't he couldn't get his arms around it. So there's so maybe there is a, a bit of a deep state that protects some of that stuff. But wouldn't it be fun to be able to to find out? You know, it would I think I I mean see that's what kind of things that it's way above my pay grade. But then if yeah. I ever was available to that, I'd totally tell other people. I'm like, you should have heard this tape. It's crazy what they said. Yeah. Like, I'll tell you, I, but I no tell, one does it. I, my attitude is that too. Now, I, I, I can't see, say what will happen when you get there, but I believe me, I, 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 I like to tell people. See, that kind of bothers me about like the, the the journalist thing, because if you have a tape that tells you what exactly happened, but we're not allowed to talk about it, to me, it's like if I someone told me that, but like, I don't believe you. You can tell me, oh, there's a tape. It's kind of like that. See, it's like that Michael Anavetti guy. I, I got a I got a disc. I got a disc in my vault about Trump. I'm like, okay, bring it on. If I, I've got to take a contrary view on that because um, I, I grew up military and special parts of the military that I'm all for classifications to secret, top yeah. secret, whatever. I do firmly believe that not everyone has a right to know everything. Yeah, but see, this is something you, you can't say that and then go on talking about, oh, trust us. This is what happened, okay? And actually make a policy choice off that because we're not allowed to know. Well, there needs to be a, a worthwhile reason for the classification. But if you're using that classification as a political point or as a decision-making as a country, and we're not allowed to know as the as people of that country because it's a need-to-know basis? You hearing all the the, the tape of this uh, Turkish journalist, I think it was Turkish. Well, say, like, say we go to war yeah, with Saudi Arabia. Say Turkish we go to war, them. hypothetically, and it's like we're going to war because of this, like parts of because of this tape. And then it's like, well, we're not allowed to hear it. We're not allowed to judge Saudi Arabia without understanding you, you, the pull. You don't get to vote on war. I know, but as a people, I'd want to know. Why? Because that, that's kind of a big decision to judge Saudi Arabia based off evidence Look, that we were not allowed to Why did we go see. to war with Japan in World War II? Probably because someone told us that they bombed Pearl Harbor. Well, they did. Now, the question is, did the president know beforehand? I don't know. Yeah, it was to get us out of the isolationist position that we'd held. Every time no, we, we talked about it, like, do we know specifically that day they were attacking? Because you can always assume that they're going to attack at one point. Well, that, if you know, or did the president you know the actually, bad guys are coming, no one gets shore leave for the weekend. Maybe. You know, everybody's you, on the boat. Well, what I'm saying is that why did Japan bomb Pearl Harbor to begin with? He's a Saudi-born journalist, apparently. That's what someone's writing. A Saudi-born, yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I, but I, American I citizen. I'm, not, I'm yeah. just leaning out. No, no, I understand. Yeah, but see, that, that kind of bothers me, though, because you're, you're talking about something that people talk in the news about, about, mm -hmm. you know, this is, this is something that we judge our country on, 
but it's based off something that none of us really know what's going on. It may not be, as Amanda pointed out, it may not be the information itself. It's how the information was maintained or attained that the tapes could easily uh, rip the mask off an asset. You know, if the bad guys are listening, going, wait, that sounds like it was in somebody's pocket. Oh, that Who was, was in the that room was that hor- day? Oh, that's, that's George the janitor. Right. <laughs> so, so it's, it's... I mean, I get that their lives might be, but if I feel like if you're going to escalate a topic or a conversation that high and it's based off information that we're not allowed to know, it, to me that's kind of like... You what, haven't earned the right to know. If you want to know... So you're saying pass, I should run for Congress? Pass a background check well, you know, and, and get... Uh, my son's got... Uh, I think he's got ultra-top secret clearance. He had to earn that. I mean, he really did. You can't just say, you don't trust, you know, PFC Barney with with state secrets because those secrets can be taken um, easily away. You have to earn the ability. In my, this is all well, my well, humble the, opinion. The, the, you, you said the key word there, Sean. It's 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 trust. We trust our leaders to do the right thing with nah. with with secrets, right? And we nah. don't too often. And I think now even more so, I think we have a real problem with that. But but there has to be a level of trust in the people that we send to Washington to represent us. And it's not there. We we saw this with the Gulf, with the with the uh WMDs. The, the Iraq war, WMDs, right? We trusted that the information that we were told was out there. We didn't see any of that direct evidence. We were just told that. I personally still believe there was some there personally, but that's just me. But, but the point is, we have to trust the people that we send to Washington on our behalf. They're our representatives. They speak for us. I mean, that's what democracy is. And when we don't have that trust, we got real problems. Mm. I don't trust it. Harumph. Yeah, I don't blame you. I didn't you. get a harumph out of it. you, Dick. I don't blame mm. you. I don't trust him much right now either. But we, can, but we can restore trust, I think. I think there's a way to do that. But it takes a lot of work. Well, I think what, what bothers me is it kind of it goes with the mindset of the way we're telling the average say American, like for example, my favorite comment or current event is the uh, Mueller investigation. Mm. And it's one of those discussions like, oh, do you make it public or not? I'm like, why would you not make it public? Mm-hmm. We've been talking about it for two mm-hmm. whatever years, but they're like, oh no, some of the stuff they're, they're doing, they can't be released. And I'm like, okay, so why are we worrying about this? Because there's, never, there's not gonna be peace at the end if we're not allowed to read it or allowed to investigate I'm with, it. I'm with you. So I'm but, with you, Dick. I mean, it's kind of it's kind of strange that this secret club gets to decide who yep. gets what and what not. And that kind of bothers me. So yeah, I'm with you. I think that whole report should be released. But I mean, like, but then, but Sean, do you think the report should be released? Uh, a vast majority of it. The 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 relevant salient parts that don't compromise who national deci- security. Who decides that? The uh, Senate Oversight Committee. And who's that? The bipartisan panel. Um, that determines... Is AOC on it? That'd be great. <laughs> no. No. Freshman, freshman senators don't get on that committee. Okay. She's in the House, but yeah. but their points from Uh Probably, to be honest, the Gang of Eight. Was that the eight people? You're- yeah. It's Gang of Eight. It's representatives from uh, certain cabinet officials and agencies that have sufficiently high levels of, of security clearance to say, okay, this just cannot get out. Or we, and all it just takes is one word just needs to be. All the different agencies involved, the, the, the CIA, the NSA, all the different agencies that have some hand in, in the information that's in there, they'll all have a chance to say, we want this redacted. We want okay. that protected. And they'll all say that. And it'll be up to the, it'll be up to the Senate. I think in the end, well, the president with through his executive authority will have a lot to say too. So there'll be a lot of hands in the mix and a lot of that will be blacked out, unfortunately, but it shouldn't. I'm with you. I think that it should be released. That we just need to know. Okay. Well, let's let's shift a little bit. 
One of the questions was about uh, Twitter, and do you have an account? And then I'm going to kind of second question, how, how important is social media to your yeah. campaign? Yeah, again, it's hugely important. Yeah. We have a Twitter account at Pepe2020. At Pepe. 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 I'm getting it. It's like yeah. happy, peppy, bursting with yeah. love. I'm, just, I'm so used to saying like, Pepe. Like energetic. I'm just saying that. <laughs> like energetic, unlike Jeb Bush. Pepe. Energetic. Yeah. Hey, he had an exclamation point. Low energy, his man. Energetic. <laughs> I don't need an exclamation point. I just got Pepe. <laughs> I know, right? Right? I just, oh, whoever yeah. came up with that idea. Like, hey, right? Jeb, I got an idea. We're going to put an exclamation point on it. <laughs> Jeb! Right? So, so, but it's but social media is hugely important. Again, I think that's the, the pathway that allows a regular American citizen candidate like me to have a chance to win because, uh, and, and again, let's be honest, Trump proved it the last time. He was vastly outspent by the Democrats and by Hillary, but he got so much free publicity because again, the media loves him because he's a circus and they love that. Uh, but that that was a, it's a way, and, and, and let's go back a step further. Barack Obama really, really kind of took this thing over with Twitter and, and other social media. He did it a lot different than Trump does, but he really showed that you can communicate directly with the American people through social media and bypass the filters of the mainstream media. And that's really, really effective. I, I think with that comes a lot of responsibility. Like I said, I, I tell people, I don't begrudge the president from using Twitter a lot at all. I have some issues with what he says on Twitter uh, sometimes, a lot of times. Um, but but I don't begrudge him using it. I think it's an important and effective tool. And for uh, an outsider campaign like ours, that's not going to get mainstream media attention until we earn hit a hit a few tipping points that we need to use that. It's really really important. Yeah, I think uh, he or she who controls the Twitter feed of that day does control the news cycle for the next twenty four hours. Clearly, and because with Obama's uh, moratorium basically on press access, it was they would go for any crumbs he would throw out, which be, would be through Twitter, and that would run the story for that day. And we we said this many times. Anytime Trump tweets well, he something, tweets every day. He right? he knows multiple it, times. For, for the next eighteen hours we'll he's got the news cycle. You, you know, it's an interesting it's an interesting point. Reagan Reagan really advented this um pre social media. His his media team were outstanding and they figured out, pretty simple when you think about it now, that if we just release one thing a day that's the only thing the Washington media gets to write about us. Mm -hmm. So they could control the message simply by, by being really tight-lipped and not saying much of anything else other than the one thing they wanted the story to be about that day. And they were really, really disciplined and effective so, about it. Now you see it in social for media. Your, for you, as like, for your campaign or you as a leader, do you see building that kind of communication as a strength? Or do you see that being like a double-edged sword sometimes? Well, it's definitely a double-edged sword, but there is a, a, an important strength to it because, again, the ability of the American president in our modern day to communicate directly to the people as much as possible is really, really important. But, again, it's what he's saying. Uh, it's it's the message. It's it's the, the the building of trust in inherent in what he's saying so that people, you know, it's not just a bunch of garbage. So, you know... What's that with the computers? Garbage in, garbage out. So it's a hugely important uh, a channel for, for communication for the president and the American people, and I think it's valuable that way. But it has a downside if the person using it is abusing it. Well, because I, I listen to a lot of discussion about moderating, and especially with Twitter, and we, we, you commented that they kind of are the, the portal for folks to know what's going on in the news mm -hmm. so they can kind of determine what news is being talked about. Mm -hmm. And w w the thing that Donald Trump does is he 
he went above what Twitter can do. He just he has his own followers, right? And and unfortunately for him, it's a lot of people. So for you and your campaign to run for a GOP, it's like how do you? And this is gonna sound so stupid. Like how do you follow influencers and things and mimic? Oh, they got a great following. How do I create that? Yeah. You know, there's no the word one. influencer is so weird to me. <laughs> right. There's but no it's the truth. I mean, that's what people pay attention to. For sure. So, I wish I knew the the sort of the, the magic answer to that question. It's there's so many folks out there who who influence, you know, a segment of the audience that all adds up to people we want to reach eventually. So it's it's really um, as we connect in hundreds of different directions every day across social media platforms. Um, finding people who share our views about things, who are talking to the same kinds of people that we want to reach. Um, there's there's well, just not a, a simple formula for it. Well, yeah, it's also kind of the tool you use depending on your following because you can either be talking to a bubble or in a bubble. Correct. Or you have the capability of talking to more people. So I think that you got to give Donald Trump the hand because when he tweets, it isn't his base just reading it. It's everybody's reading it. And then, but there's certain elements he goes into that only talks, like for example, his rallies. Yeah, like that's just his bubble, and he's definitely talking to his bubble. But when he has another platform like a Twitter to go to, so if you're running for a campaign, that's yeah. almost like the advice is create your different sections and pay attention to each one. Yeah. So use Twitter for everybody. Use your Facebook just for your following, and then things like that. No, I think that's all. Those are all good points. I will say this: whether he's on a broader uh, platform like Twitter or or whatnot. He's always just speaking to his base, and I think that's part of the problem. We've talked about this a lot in our campaign. We're going to go out of our way to reach across to people who don't mm -hmm. automatically agree with us or wouldn't automatically gravitate to us. I want those voices. I, I want to have that conversation that says we can find common ground where we might not automatically think there's some to begin with. I think the problem with this administration is all they do is talk to their base. They don't make any effort whatsoever to expand their reach into the middle and even across the aisle. And I do think that's a problem when most of us would agree that the divisions in this country are really getting getting bad. Well, I think that's something that, as a person who wants to do policy and things, it kind of confused me in the past presidential, and especially aligning yourself with a with like GOP or Democrats, it's when you're doing a policy, There's I feel like there's more things in this world that we can focus on as a country to improve the country instead of sit there and argue about abortion right. and things like that. Right. Like I feel like, oh... There's got to be a better thing that we can both come in agreement on and be efficient with, and then the abortion thing can be discussed further down the road because, right. I mean, what, so, do you, what do you see as the, being the biggest threat to the, our culture today, our world Bad today? leadership you all the so? way around on all sides. People who are working for themselves and their own self-interest and pretending to be looking out for the rest of us while most of us get more and more apathetic and we leave the debates to the extreme fringes. That we that the media turn makes yeah, out see, to that's, be. That's the. I mean, I don't see. Yeah, I would love to have a see a debate or have a debate or participate about certain in a debate position. full of centrists. Yeah, yeah. And again, I think centrist is maybe a misleading term because again, I lean conservative, at least what was traditionally conservative. But but most Americans can see enough of both sides that they're not slaves to the either either mm -hmm. Republican or Democrat, either extreme. Again, you know. Well, I mean, immigration is a great example, but there's a hundred of them. They're all they're all right in front of us, and most Americans just want to see us get over this sort of knee-jerk, reflexive. If you're a Democrat and I'm a Republican, we're going to fight. Period. Yeah, because that's what we that's how we make money and that's how we make power and that's how this game goes and that's all there is to it. And I just think we're better than that. So why are you part of the game? 
Well, because I want to change it. Okay. And I think the way to change it, again, is from the inside. And I know that sounds kind of trite almost and cliche, but, but really, I think that's what we need is leadership in the Republican Party that says Be the we're better the than world. this. Be the change in the world. Uh, one, well, one person wants to know uh, the soundbite. Yeah. What soundbite are you going to use? One of us for all of us. One of us for all of us, okay. because that's what this campaign's about. Every can, every political candidate, every presidential candidate in history, talks about being able to relate to the average, the average person out there. But if you look back, there are very few that are really like that were really like that. Even those who came from modest beginnings, think think Jimmy Carter or Bill Clinton or even Barack Obama. These guys had long political careers by the time they ran for president, which means they've traded. They've, they've sold the parts of themselves to get to where they've got, to climb that political ladder. They've been playing the game. That's one of the strengths I bring by coming totally from the outside is I don't know anybody anything. And I, don't, I, don't, I, I care about my Republican Party, but I want it to be better. So I'm not, I'm not trying to, to, to make any kind of deals with anybody. I'm in and out if this works for me. Um, but, but we need leadership that, that will go beyond those kind of the normal games. And we need somebody who can better relate to us. Let me make one more point about that because I don't begrudge anybody wealth. Donald Trump, God bless him. He's a rich guy. Like, that's great. I, I prefer, I, prefer uh, I, I guess I would be more respectful of people who are self-made millionaires or billionaires, right? Trump was born to wealth. Another problem with that either. God bless him and his family. Good for them, right? So, so this isn't even really a criticism, but Donald Trump has, never, has not lived one second of his life, not one second, truly knowing the, the strains of everyday life that most of us deal with, just in regular everyday things, keeping jobs, paying mortgages and rent, paying the cars, getting the kids to school and to the doctor, little things that make us Americans. He doesn't know that. He can't possibly relate to us. He talks sometimes like us. Well, what's what's the difference between a person who goes through that and then say born into wealth? They're still American. No, 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 no. For sure, that's why so, that's why I'm trying to say I'm not really criticizing. I'm simply saying that I think in this moment in history, we need somebody who can better relate to the everyday okay. challenges that most Americans are dealing with. And I think that's why more than half of us don't vote. More than half of us think that they're all the same because nobody really relates to us on an everyday basis, the way we need and want, I think. And, and I think that's what I bring to it. So, so again, uh, guys like Trump, it's great. He's rich. I don't have a problem with that. But we need somebody who can, who can, you know, one of us for all of us, who can finally sort of bring the country together on common ground using common sense. Part of the problem is, like what we've discussed before, is that when you have a representative, when it's somebody that is supposed to represent an, a mass of people, when they sit there and they say that they're an advocate of the middle class, when they're an advocate of a certain religion or gender equality or anything like that, that if your lifestyle is contradictory to the, the group that you're supposed to be advocating for, it, it makes the person who's wanting to be that leader, it makes them look really disconnected. Yeah, and it, it's, it's hard to sit here and say, well, how do you say that you know the struggles that everyday Americans go through, the middle class go through when, you know, like with the government shutdown and all these federal employees were without jobs and they were having to do like side jobs and everything to support their families. But at the same time, you've got Trump over there going, oh, it'll be okay. Well, maybe they should find other jobs or well, maybe they should have like handled their finances better 
from the get-go so that they wouldn't have been impacted by the shutdown. It, yeah. It's hard to sit here and say yeah. and believe that do you really care about the middle class and in, in what they stand for and the fact that they're really what drives America today and everything behind it when you come out and you say these things because it feels like a slap in the face. Yep. That's what it feels like. Remember when the, during the shutdown, uh, the president's commerce secretary, another billionaire by the name of Wilbur Ross, came out and said, I don't know why these people are struggling. Why don't they just go to the bank and get a loan? Yeah, right. <laughs> then maybe they'll pay a little interest, but so what? You know, guys like like Trump, and, and Trump backed him up, and these guys, when they want to buy a company for $100 million, they go to their favorite banker, and the guy goes, sure. And they think that's the way it works for the rest of us. <laughs> that yes. we can just go get signature loans and unsecured loans to take care of our mortgage or something like that. And we can't do that. Most Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. We shouldn't be, but we are. And they don't have they don't have any grasp of it. It's the old price of milk motif. Of course. You know, very few politicians can answer what a gallon but, of milk costs. But you know what? A lot of leaders in the past have, have been pretty good about bridging that gap, who've who have who have one way or another, found a way to understand better the plight of sort of regular folks. Uh, again, I'm a huge Reagan fan. I always go back to him. But you can go back to JFK and others, too, were pretty good about that, even though they weren't regular Americans per se. But but some aren't. And I think Trump's not. And I think it's exactly what we need right now more than anything. It makes sense because, you know, even though my run was, you know, more of a joke, it was my, my senses were I've had tax problems. I've been broke. I was a privileged white kid of a naval commander and, and got insanely good education as a result. Yeah. But then, you know, was on food stamps for a while because of this. I've been divorced. You know, that yeah. there's a bit, I've been on the receiving end, you know, living in Japan, you want to talk about being on the receiving end of uh, prejudice. Holy cow. Yeah, yeah. So, I, but also my stances on immigration is because I'd lived in different countries and learned, first thing you do is learn their laws and their language and their customs and you respect right. them. Right. Um, Amen. So with all these being, well, just as backing up what you said, someone who has no, is so disconnected, it, it's hard every time they say, oh, I'm with you. And I think that's one of the reasons why Hillary Clinton just, especially this last time around, it just blew up in her face trying to be, you know, like, I'm on the Googles. I, I, I know the internet. <laughs> He's just chilling in Cedar Rapids. <clears throat> hey, re remember, by the way, there's one of us for all of us, uh, Beto O'Rourke came out the other day with his announcement, and it, and his announcement talked about uh, his campaign being um, by all of us, for all of us. I thought, you son of a gun, stealing my stuff. Right? Well, you I got to talk to this Come other on. We found another Skippy for president on YouTube. I'm going to have words with that son of a gun. Right? I'll tell you that. Stealing my stuff, Beto. Let's take a quick break here. You're listening to Mornings of Lone Star, IRLoneStar.com. And worldwide uh, on our Facebook Live and all that kind of good stuff, we have James Pepe. I, I say it right. Just keep going. Just, Pepe. Just bowl, bowl it's getting James, <laughs> James Pepe. Pepe. Uh, Pepe. Happy and Peppy Pepe. Pepe. with love. Running for president. So if you have questions and everything, just feel free to chat with us on our Facebook Live, YouTube Live. And we will be right back. Business office cleaning is available in the Montgomery County area from Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. With scheduled cleaning surfaces such as floor care, window care, trash collection, restroom disinfection, and stair and elevator cleaning, Clean Sweep can service a business one time or on a regular schedule with daily, weekly, and monthly options. Clean Sweep Office Cleaning can be found online at cleansweepofficecleaning.com or by calling 832-689-7996. Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. 
Take back your time and let us make your office shine. Mornings with Lone Star is sponsored by Clean Sweep Office Cleaning. A Lone Star Community Radio is looking for those who are interested in hosting their own talk show with monthly and weekly slots available on Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, and on IRLoneStar.com. Start your own podcast, create your first YouTube channel, and be on TV. Contact Lone Star Community Radio online at IRLoneStar.com or call the station message line at 936 647 3776 to take your first step into the radio world. From the beginning, the main purpose of the Cooperative Extension Service has been to change human behavior by teaching people how to apply the results of scientific research. By utilizing a holistic, multi-level approach, Extension Family and Community Health Programs encourage health and well-being for everyone, addressing values, concerns, and needs with reliable science-based information Extension programs help people lead healthier lives. We are Texas A&M AgriLife Extension, helping Texans make their lives better. Hispanic Chamber Connections with Dr. Carlos Sanchez, president of the Woodlands Conroe Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, featuring event announcements, member highlights, and more. Tuesdays at 1 p.m., broadcasting from the heart of Conroe, Texas, on IRLoneStar.com and Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1. All right, welcome back. Mornings with Lone Star, IRLoneStar.com, Lone Star Community Radio, hanging out with James Pepe, <laughs> Pepe2020.com, running for president. We're sure. on, uh, hey, you know what? I'm going to go with it. We got, a, we got a few more minutes left in today's show. We're going to end it at 11. So stay tuned, and if you got a question, again, we have Facebook Live, and we also have YouTube Live, and that's what I'm paying attention to right now. So uh, if you... You're doing really well, Dick, with all that multitasking. You know what? I was born for it. (laughs) There you go. So I wanted to ask kind of like the mechanics of this. So someone says they're running for president. Uh, I mentioned earlier you're going to New Hampshire. So, like, tell me a timetable. What's going to happen when? Okay, well, well... we're working to get on the ballot in all 50 states. That's a key threshold, a key tipping point. But in the meantime, we'll be going to New Hampshire um, at the beginning of April to do some campaigning down the, uh, up there. Um, it's really easy place to campaign. It's like campaigning in a congressional district. We'll be doing a lot of door-to-door, a lot of uh, at uh, cafes and diners, talking to people and, and trying to show people, demonstrate by them being able to see and, and hear me and touch me, you know, hopefully in all the right ways. <laughs> uh, that I'm real and that I'm serious and that and I'm, I'm, I represent what people have been wanting for a long time. So it's really kind of grassroots uh, retail uh, politics. Um, I'll be doing the same thing in Iowa, which is the first caucus state. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, that's at the end of January next year, I believe. Um, so, so we'll be back and forth between those two states and, and here in Texas and elsewhere that where it makes sense over the course of the next you know, uh, 10 months and more as the campaign progresses. But it's all about the primary schedule and uh, and earning enough votes, or enough support in the polls in those states so that the mainstream media and the president himself, frankly, can't ignore us and allow us to get in those debates later this year and into next year. So that's kind of the progression of it. Cool. Now, to run for president, if memory serves, there are three pre-qualifications, at least 35 years of age, born on U.S. soil. I think that was a late addition to it. Uh, and then no felony convictions. So conviction being the... the Felonies, key, right? Yeah, yeah, fel- okay. yeah. Felony and conviction, two <laughs> very important distinctions here. 
<clears throat> so obviously you yeah. passed that part. Just turned 35, so that's good. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm totally lying. I'm totally lying, but but that's okay. No, I, I'm qualified. Awesome. I'm qualified. There we go. So New Hampshire and then Iowa, and then we just yeah, I'll, I'll be bouncing back and forth uh, over the next few months <laughs> between those states a lot. I've, I I plan to do the uh, Iowa State Fair um, this summer, which is a key thing for all the candidates. Um, but again, a lot of local uh, politics where um, people get to see and, and, and talk to in person the uh, guy who wants to be president and who is just like one of them. Cool. Um, so what we, we talked about, like your reasonings for, for, yeah. for wanting it. Let's talk about what you bring to the table, like with previous job experience. Mm -hmm. And then I like that to segue into like some platform stances you sure. may have. Like, what are you running on or what are you running for? Sure. Well, at the beginning of my career, as I said, I, th I thought I wanted to be in politics um, and, and tried that out. I worked for congressmen and senators and governors. Um, I ran, I ran uh, state uh, legislative campaigns, ran, ran myself in Minnesota as a young man. Um, and that's where I kind of learned the insider game, which really wasn't very pleasant. Um, but since then, I've done a number of things. I've been a small businessman, an entrepreneur. Um, I'm kind of a communications type guy, so I've done some marketing um, uh, consulting on my own. Um, I also represented for a long time um, a large trade association from Washington that, that supported uh, American manufacturers. I really think manufacturing is a huge, important part of the sort of backbone of our country. And I learned a lot about tour by touring manufacturing facilities all over the country and meeting the men and women who, um, who depend on manufacturing for their livelihoods. And I think that's, again, a really important part of our country. So that was valuable experience. Um, and more recently, I am a, a licensed... Um, professional investment advisor. So I've been helping people with their 401ks and their investments uh, to try to ensure, you know, a, a happy, pros prosperous retirement. Um, and I've really enjoyed that too, teaching people how to, how to uh, plan for their future. So again, small businessman, I've raised a family of, uh, of four kids. I'm, you know, trying to stay out of Amanda's way as she raises her three kids. Um, <laughs> but, uh, um, just doing all the kinds of things that most most Americans do every day. Cool. And let's talk some so let's talk platform. So obviously you're running on the GOP ticket. Yeah. Uh, I, I my personal sense is that uh, party lines. Um, you know, you, you have like the these factions that like the AOCs were saying, if mm -hmm. you know if you're not with us, you're against us. Where you're going to go on a list. And so they are like party centric. There's no reaching across the aisle. I like to think that it's more mutable. But the GOP does have certain this is our party platform, you cannot tweak off from, mm -hmm. from this. So what are your, within that envelope of the GOP, what are some of your platform stances? What are you running for? Well, let me just on? say this first. It's interesting because uh, the fact that I'm running against Donald Trump makes a lot of Republicans, especially his supporters, instantly think that I'm a liberal Democrat or I'm for the Democrats, and I'm not. The Democrats are the opposite side of the same coin, and they're off the reservation, I think, in many ways, pushing way too far to the left, where most Americans don't sort of aren't aren't uh, don't reside. But on some of the issues, um, I, I mentioned immigration already. I my, my first thing is about letting people know, both here and abroad, that America is still open for business, that we are the land of opportunity and a beacon of hope for people all over the world, just like the Statue of Liberty says, just like when my grandparents came here from Italy over 100 years ago. But, but coming to America has responsibilities. And we're going we're gonna to secure our border in the normal ways that you'd expect with, by upgrading our infrastructure. And we're going to require people who come here to follow the rules. And if they break the rules, they're going to go. So, so again, but, but we have to balance that uh, message. On, on health care, 
Look, I'm one of those who have often said philosophically, I don't, I've always thought healthcare is not a right, or healthcare insurance certainly isn't a right. But you know what? Our society is changing, and we do need to look out more for our fellow man. So regardless of the philosophy, because you can't eat philosophy, we need to figure this out. We need to make sure that our fellow citizens aren't struggling to be able to take care of themselves and their kids when they need to do simple doctor's appointments and that sort of thing. So there's an answer. It's not universal health care, I don't think. I don't think it's socialized health care or one, one payer system. It's a combination of things. And, um, and I know that we can find that answer. Most Americans will come together on some common ground. And I think it's really, frankly, uh, I know it's a bad word, but I think it's a form of, of welfare for people who, who don't have the means to pay for health care. We, we need to figure that out. Um, What's another issue we want to talk about? Guns. Guns. Americans have a, uh, an important Second Amendment right to own or keep and bear arms. No question about it. I think the, the, there's a lot of waste uh, going on uh, in fighting over this at the Supreme Court over 18th century language in the Constitution. I'm supporting, I, I'm going to promote a uh, constitutional convention that will address issues like that and some other issues that weren't clear from the start and maybe just need to be brought up to date with modern language. If in the sense of the Second Amendment, I would say, first and foremost, reiterate that Americans have a right to own guns, okay? But let's also remind ourselves that just like the First Amendment, freedom of speech may be our most important freedom. It can be regulated. It is regulated. We, nobody wants guns in the hands of mentally ill people, for example. We do regulate it. We don't always have to worry about the slippery slope that if we regulated this, it's going to go away. It's going to end up going away completely or being taken away from us. So let's reiterate that A, we all have, we have a right to have own guns, but B, they should be responsibly regulated in a way that most of us can live with. Okay. So um, give me another issue. Throw one out. Dick, go for it. I had mine, but. Um, let's do universal basic income. Universal basic income, yeah. Yang's Yang's idea. Yeah, that's kind of a talking point. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I'd really have to, to study that a lot more. I don't want to rule it out of hand, but it, it reflexively, I'm not kind of for that. I, I worry about that just creating a level of inflation, right? So once everybody's kind of got this baked in, uh, $12,000 a year is his plan, I think, $1,000 a month, that sort of becomes the baseline. And now if pricing gets pushed above that, so you got inflation. I don't know. I have to really talk more to economists about it, but I'm not inclined to be really sympathetic to that or, or okay. supportive of that. Well, let's go overseas. This is time for, like, nitty-gritty. Let's yeah. talk about Israel-Palestine, yeah. the issue there. Yeah. Well, I'm a big fan of Israel, big supporter of Israel, but clearly there needs to be some kind of solution that that everyone can live with over there in the long run, and, and we're nowhere near that. Um, it's going to take a lot of the countries in the region to come together uh, I, I don't know. What about America's role in that? I, th yeah. I think that's my biggest question. We on have that. a we have a role, as we do everywhere in the world, to be leaders uh, because of the just the, the inherent nature of our country, and we want peace there. Um, but I, I think that we make a mistake by letting people believe that we have an easy answer. Trump Trump said that that'd be easy. We can take care of that. It's not easy. There's a reason why it's been this way for <laughs> hundreds or thousands, thousands of years, right? So, but I. You know, I suspect um, I'll w I want to be careful because people always want to make this, you know, you utter something and it becomes gospel or something. But I suspect it probably has to be a two-state solution in the end somehow. I don't know how that's going to go, and we'll, we'll figure it out. But uh, Or maybe we won't. I mean, again, I don't, I'm not claiming to be the guy who's going to come around and solve a thousand-year-old problem. But, 
but there there has to be America has to be an honest broker that can that can see both sides of this and try to find a resolution that where there's peace. And I think that's the key, by, by the way, is is dealing with the terrorism throughout the Middle East so that if Israel's going to play ball, they don't have to worry about the minute they let their guard down that they're just going to be uh, overrun by everybody else in the Middle East. And that's been their historic fear. So right. we got to work on that. Cool. Okay. Well, we got to be wrapping our show up. Right. Pretty cool. soon, so uh, oh my gosh, look at that! Yeah, so you Time just want flies. you want to let people know about where they can find you, yeah. and where, what's next on your well, you've agenda. been really generous about repeating it over and over again. It's Pepe 2020.com. <laughs> See, Pepe. he just gave up on you, Dick. Is it Pepe? No, it is now. Pepe, Pepe, I just said it right. Pepe, just don't call me late for dinner. It's it's www.pepe2020.com. You can f- link from there to our Facebook page. We're doing a lot of YouTube videos of late, and we'll be doing more of that. Um, Twitter, Instagram. I got to tell you guys, I'm not, uh, I feel, it makes me feel like such a dinosaur to admit it, but I am not social media savvy. He's not. Uh, <laughs> and, and I don't even, actually, honestly, I don't even really like it very much. No, fact, I had to I don't step like in and take over his all. Twitter because he was trying to follow the Kardashians, and I had to put my foot down. Oh, we don't allow that name on this, uh, these airways here. <laughs> exactly. Did, did you, is there a three-second delay? Did you get a Yeah, well, we'll blip that one out in the podcast. What's wrong with following them? Huh? What's wrong with following oh, them? Oh, Lord. I don't know. An entire empire based on a mom selling her own daughter's sex tape. Sounds like America. Yeah, right. Sounds like America. <laughs> okay, you know what? You smells like freedom. There. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, people paid for it. Yeah, you so. got a point. They paid what the market would bear, so yeah. that's capitalism at you its know, finest. Fa- I, yeah. Famous for being famous, right? True. But I can exercise my. I mean, that's that's a gig I right want. Getting paid to be me. Famous for being famous, baby. That's yep. a good gig. Yep. Cashing checks. Living the on dream. That. That's funny. All no, right. no, it's great. No, but go to go to peppy2020.com. Follow us, like us, um, really spread the word. That's the grassroots nature of this thing. Is 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 one person at a time multiplying our numbers just by telling people, take a look, pay attention. You know, you might like what you see, and believe that this is a serious effort because it is. And that's the biggest hurdle. The first. Uh, one of the first most important tipping points in our strategy is getting people to believe that we can have what we've always wanted, which is somebody, a president who's more like us. One of us for all of us. Awesome. Final question for me is yep. I, I did notice that in the last uh, uh, round of election cycles that many candidates weren't fans of debate, oh. uh, especially some incumbents would oh. feel they did not want to debate any challengers. What are your stances on that? I'll try to make this as quick as I can. I love to debate as often as possible. Um, Donald Trump's too scared to debate me. He's he's <laughs> he's hiding. He won't come out. I don't know what's his problem. He's afraid of me. But I've also offered to debate all the Democrat challengers now in in Lincoln Douglas style debates. If you're familiar with that, where we can get up in a public square and not have a moderator and just talk civilly, because I think it's important right now that if the Democrats are serious and they're all talking this way, we should show the country that we can be civil. And we can find common ground between ourselves to rise above sort of the, the, the fringe extremist politics that dominate both parties. And I'd love to do this all over America at colleges or downtowns or wherever with Beto O'Rourke or any of these people who have the guts to, to stand up there with me and talk about our differences in a civil way and reach Americans who have been really kind of frustrated and, and pushed out of this whole process because it's all so ugly. So I'm a big fan of debates and... Um, when any of these guys uh, get the guts to debate me, they can they know where to find me, peppy2020.com. Awesome. There you go. Well, we'll be we'll happily host something like that. Heck, I'd Let's debate you just I don't want to lessen your Let's campaign, but Let's do it. I think we can talk stances. I think it's all about people talking and 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 coming together over common ground. What we should do about. is get Jay in. 
Right. And you'll talk to him. Yeah. I don't want you talking to him. You don't want me talking? I don't want Why not? Because you can't, the, the radio station's beliefs don't reflect what you say. So. <laughs> oh, yeah, you, you got it, yeah. yeah. You're a host. Can't we just put that, like, like uh Disclaimer. Yeah. Like the, the world thing, could. this is not real? Okay. We could. But, yeah, thank you so much for coming in, guys, and hopefully we'll hear from you soon. Appreciate it. And, again, say your website, say your all that kind of stuff. www.pepi20.com. Uh, link to our websites and our our our, our social media pages and uh, and get on board. All right. Well, uh, folks, you've been listening to Lone Star Community Radio. Uh, we're been closing out today's show. We want to say a special shout out to our partners who help uh, put the show on. We have uh, Bean Punk Coffee in Montgomery County, and also uh, it's in Conroe and in Montgomery, the city of Montgomery. And then we have Clean Sweep Office Cleaning, all your office cleaning needs, and uh, C Three Productions. So, uh, guys, what, what content? You can say it. You're better at it. Just go to c3memories.com. C3memories.com. All right, guys. So uh, for next week, we got some things planned out. I know Jay, we're going to line Jay up. Uh, Jay Silver will be in the studio. If you're interested in being a guest, just email us or contact us. We got irlonestar.com slash MWLS is where we put everything. So if you missed today's show, don't forget we archive it on our website, also on YouTube and Facebook and podcast, everything else. You guys have a good weekend. It's going to be a beautiful weekend. Hopefully it doesn't rain on Saturday because somebody's cooking crawfish. And somebody's videotaping so, Carly. be there. So, uh, yeah, right? And uh, guys, go have fun today. It's, gonna, it's a beautiful day in Montgomery County, and uh, there's a lot going on. Thanks for checking out this show on Lone Star Community Radio, Montgomery County's community radio station. This show is owned and produced by Lone Star Community Radio and recorded live from the LSCR studios in downtown Conroe, Texas. For more information about the show, to be a guest, or to sponsor, just contact the studio at 936-647-3776 to leave a message, or email us at lscrstudios at gmail.com.